Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, we're waiting. All right, folks, welcome back to the Golf and Filter podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Fonseca, editor-in-chief over at golfandfilter.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Golf Unfiltered. Uh, we've got Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we actually deleted Snapchat off the phone because nobody was watching and I wasn't putting anything out there anyway. Uh, but today we are welcoming back Mr. Trevor Reesk from SBNation.com. Trevor, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Awesome, and thanks so much for coming back on. It's been a while uh, since we last spoke. Uh, everything uh, everything going well in SB Nation land? No, everything is great. Uh, it turns out that the next month of the golf season is going to be pretty freaking awesome. With uh, got the Tour Championship, got the Ryder Cup, and then uh, the old curveball there with Tiger probably coming back in about a month. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. Oh, yeah, and there's just so many different things we could talk about today, and I'm sure we'll probably touch on a few of those. But, uh, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit before we started. Uh, I'm, I'm not very happy, Trevor, and I need you to kind of talk me off the ledge a little bit about this Ryder Cup situation. First and foremost, what was your first impression over Davis Love III's uh, Ryder Cup picks? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm cool with Fowler. I, I get it. You know, he's... He's one of the younger guys on tour, and he kind of – he's one of those guys that plays with no fear. I hate to say that because that's kind of a cliche, but uh, he's got the game to do well in match play. He's got the temperament. I mean, if you think about it, he never really shows a ton of emotion on the golf course, which I think it's a good, it's good to have a guy like that where he stays pretty pretty even keel and uh, and then has the talent to kind of back it up when he – when he does uh, get in a match, Kuchar, I'm fine with. You know, he played well at the Olympics. Um, I'm sure that helped kind of get him on the team. I, I kind of take exception exception with JB Holmes. Uh, I kind I I don't really understand the pick. I mean, I guess I kind of do. You know, he hits the ball real far, and that's good. And you could throw in the fact that he was on the last winning Ryder Cup team in 2008. Um, I guess that's okay. Um, but that was that was eight years ago. I was thinking about today. I was like, I, I was still in college eight years ago, or I just just recently graduated college, and I I don't feel like I could I'm anywhere close to that anymore. So I, it's a long time ago. Um, he's not great in strokes gained. He's had kind of a crappy year. I mean, since the PGA Championship, he's gone cut, 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 forty one, thirty three, and then a, a tie for fourth, um, which I, I don't know. Uh, he, he's not my favorite pick. And I guess if you, if you want a guy that's going to bomb the ball, uh, maybe it came down to him and Bubba, maybe Bubba still gets on the team. I don't know. Have we ruled Bubba out yet? I, I don't know. I don't know either. I, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so discombobulated right now and <laughs> I just don't well, know how to feel about it. Well, you tell me what, what was wrong with the, with the picks? You know, Ricky, I, I understand he's been on the team. He's, he's a, a friend of many. He's got his buddy Jordan Spieth, his SB2K16 buddy, 
Right. Um, but he he hasn't been playing well as of late, and I think you know even the playoff duster aside, because I think that's just the most ridiculous look in the world. <laughs> I like it. I dig it. Do you, do you dig the duster? In. I'm all uh, in. Hashtag yeah. dig the duster. Um, <laughs> I can almost get past him. But then, like you mentioned, you've got Matt Kuchar, just gee golly, old, old, good old Matt Kuchar, uh, who did medal in the Olympics, you know, whatever, I get it. But J.B. Holmes, I'm in the same boat. You know, I just don't understand why you go through the task force idea and you end up just picking, with the exception of Bubba, you bypass him, the next three in line. Right. To be on the team. And, you know, I just don't understand, like, what was all of that? You know, what was the whole talk of a task force? What, why, why did you have to have these super secret society meetings to, I, to just – I was trying to figure out – I was trying to figure out the same thing. I mean, you get you get the 10th guy, the 11th guy, and the 12th guy in the Ryder Cup rankings. I was thinking when the task force was started, eh, maybe it was a good idea. It probably wasn't. But at least they would maybe come up with something outside the box. And uh, it certainly doesn't seem like they did that. Um, right. You know, Fowler was on the task force himself, uh, so <laughs> I don't know if he had even maybe he had influence in getting himself on the team. It all seems kind of weird to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and it's just status quo, and you got guys that have been on the team before. You know, I would love to see a Justin Thomas or a Daniel Berger, uh, maybe even a Kevin Na, who's been playing well. You know, someone somewhat different. You know, and right. and so I don't know what the task force did, and I'm sure we'll never find out or or what they're thinking. But um, I don't know; it just seems status quo, and I'm with you on that. Um, but that being said, you know it it's it's match play. It's it's twelve of the best players in the world on each side, and anything can happen. So I, I guess that's a silver lining. You know, maybe JB Holmes can suddenly figure out how to get the ball on the green and make putts or um, Fowler can put some consecutive solid rounds together. Or Matt Kuchar can, oh golly, chucks his way to a couple wins. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, that's very true. It is match play. It's, it's, you're going to get the best out of at least one of two players. When, you know, obviously when you've got, you know, four balls or, or foursomes and then the singles matches, I mean, that just kind of boils down to, who's ever having the better day that day, you know, just to say yeah. the most obvious thing in the world. But, you know, the, it's just, it seems like a charade, you know, we've always made fun of the Americans kind of taking this too seriously, you know, and then we always kind of get the, the impression that the Europeans, while they take it seriously, the Ryder cup, that is, they don't come up, come across as, Oh my God, this, we, we have to do this. We have to win. We're the best ever. And they, and they seem to just kind of play better, you know, certainly, over the last six years where they've won five out of the last six, they've, they've certainly played better. Um, and they have kind of a unique circumstance in and of themselves with six or seven rookies. But, you know, I was talking to uh, Chris Cheney, a guy that we both know from the Twitters uh, last night. And, you know, he brought up a good point. He mentioned, if we're going to go through this, this process of having a task force and we're going to go and we're going to talk about all the different players who are, perceived to have a good chance of making the team. And you named a few. You named Kevin Na. You named Daniel Berger. Justin Thomas is a name that's been thrown around. But then we just go with the same group of guys. How does that actually benefit the United States Ryder Cup team, not only this year but moving forward, if we don't put a younger person on the team? 
I, I think moving forward, it, it could potentially hurt. I mean, but if you look at the European side, they have guys that have done well for years on the Ryder Cup, and they're still there. You know, guys like Sergio Garcia, uh, Henrik Stenson, McElroy, obviously. Uh, Poulter, when he was healthy, obviously he's not going to play this year. But um, So the experience thing works for them, uh, which is interesting. Um, but if you look back at the last Ryder Cup, I mean, for the U.S., it was the guys that had never been there before that played their asses off, and it was the veterans that were uh, they were all right. Um, it, it's kind of interesting. I don't, I don't know where it leaves us in, in two, four, six, you know, whatever years um, to not get these guys some experience. And, and I also kind of wonder sometimes, too, on the other side of that, is the experience really that valuable? Because a lot of these guys have played this style, uh, you know, format for years, you know, coming up in as kids and uh, with the Walker cup and things like that. So uh, I don't know. I think it all comes back to match play is quirky and it's crazy and you can never really predict it. I I don't know where I stand on whether experience helps or not, but um, certainly I would love to see some of the younger guys get a shot. Uh, I would too. I mean, I, you can't, lose anything especially with this this last pick um that is yet to be determined and it's going to be determined after the tour championship and we have good reason to believe at least across multiple outlets that it's not going to be bubba that nothing officially has been said by any member of any team or any vice captain or certainly not from dl3 uh but you know it was interesting he was asked a few questions davis love was at a recent press conference specifically about bubba and he just wouldn't even say his name. Like, he just completely disregarded the existence of Bubba Watson, which can't can't spill anything good uh, for Bubba, who I'm sure wants to be on the team. He's been on the team many times. Uh, he's a, a useful weapon insofar as he obviously pounds the ball. He's, he's world-renowned for that, but he's also world-renowned for being a complete asshole. <laughs> and he can certainly drum up the American crowd, much like he did in Medina. But... You know, I did see get somebody on the team that's younger and go with it. You know, why not bring in a Bryson DeChambeau? Why not go and get a Justin Thomas, you know, who's probably a safer pick than Bryson? Get somebody on that team who is going to be perceived outside the box, who's going to get that experience so that they're set up for uh, more uh, just a better experience later on down the road when the Americans are hurting for another captain's pick. I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. not happy. Well, I, I think about it this way too. Like, do you think like if Sergio or Rory or I don't know, I mean, let's not, this probably won't happen, but like, let's say the singles matches and they get Matt Kuchar. Do you think they're really worried about playing Matt Kuchar? No. I, I, no. I mean, like, are, would they be more worried about playing a Justin Thomas? You know, yeah. like a, a young kid that, has the potential to put together just a crazy low round. I mean, he may or may not, but I, you know, I, I like guys like that, that just <laughs> kind of freewheel it. And uh, you know, they're going to fire at flags and they're going <laughs> to, they're yeah. going to try to hit the shot. They're not supposed to. And if it works out, it's going to be awesome. You know, like I, that's, that's why I love the Ryder cup. Cause it is one-on-one, especially, you know, for Sunday. Uh, and that's what makes it great to me. And, I don't know. I mean, are you going to get that out of JB Holmes? I mean, 
I don't know. It's certainly not as exciting as it could be with a, a young, flashy guy that's going to go out there and do exactly what you said. You know, just fire at pins all day long. Who gives a shit? This might be the only opportunity this player, the fourth captain's pick, has an opportunity to uh, to actually show something because he may have played. If I if, if we follow trends from past Ryder Cups, the captain's picks don't play a whole hell of a lot. They're going to play probably one foursomes match. They're probably they're going to play singles because everyone has to play singles. Uh, but yeah, you know, I just think that's going to be from a viewer standpoint, from a selfish golf fan standpoint, that's going to be more fun to watch than JB Holmes pounding a ball out there and then missing putts all day long. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's tough. I mean, and it, unless Tom Watson comes in and busts uh, his way uh, into the captain's room and totally screws everything up, yeah, I mean, that's the way it should go. I guess that's... that would be fireworks that I would pay for. Actually, I would probably pay for that. <laughs> um, but speaking of experience, on the other side of the coin then, uh, we've got the Euro team, and it's led by Rory, and Henrik Stenson is, is very close on his heels in terms of points for them. Uh, Danny Willett's up there as well, and he's kind of become a default leader having won his first major, and certainly the same can be said about uh, Henrik. Uh, but then after that, you've got, like I said earlier, about six or seven rookies that we really have nothing to go off of other than just a handful of tournaments that we see when golf channel, you know, televises European event, but these are great players. Yep. And you already said a few of the, the experienced players that have been chosen, such as Lee Westwood, uh, Sergio, um, Martin Keimer. What is your, what is your, uh, take on how, you know, Darren Clark over there is going to manage the rookies with this veteran group, do you feel it's going to be more of a let's mix and match type thing, have a couple rookies play together? What do you, what's your take on all this? If you look at the last Ryder Cup, when you did have rookies playing for the U.S., I mean, like Spieth and uh, and uh, Patrick Reed, I mean, that was a good team. That worked out really well. So maybe you see like an Andy Sullivan and then a Matt Fitzpatrick going together. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'll never understand what happens in the team rooms and, and what's going through captain's minds. Like, you know, I already mentioned Tom Watson. Um, you know, maybe maybe they'll they'll try out something the first day and, and put maybe Westwood with Fitz. Fitz I don't know. I, I keep coming back to Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick. Right. Because um, he is, you know, the youngest player on the team. But um, maybe they try him out with a veteran the first day and then they, they switch it up and put him with a fellow rookie the next day. I, it's tough to say at this point. I, I don't know. I don't know if, what you think about that, but it's, it's hard for me to get a feel on it. It's, I'm kind of in the same boat, you know, and it's, it's going to be interesting how they do mix and match because they're going to have to. You know, Rory obviously can't play with, you know, everybody. <laughs> so, I mean, they're yeah. going to have to pair two very inexperienced, at least in terms of Ryder Cup experience, uh, players with one another at some point. Um, yeah. You know, I have to say, kind of an aside and a little bit of a tangent, whenever I see or hear the, the name of uh, Andy Sullivan, it, did you hear of any of that stuff that was going on with him in his personal life uh, <laughs> no, not too long ago? I, I must have heard, missed that. Oh, my God. When you have a chance, and this is so unprofessional me to even bring this up, but I don't give a shit. You, when you go, when you have a chance, just Google Andy Sullivan girlfriend. Uh-oh. And from what I understand, I mean – I guess this kind of ties into it when we talk about like how these guys are going to have to get along with one another. And, you know, there's certainly some sort of camaraderie that you have to establish in order to play well. At least that's what we're told. Um, Anyway, he apparently, while his girlfriend was pregnant, was basically just sleeping around 
on her like crazy. No, oh, good for him. Yeah, very good. And and then she found out about it, and at one point, I believe it was maybe last October, she went on social media and was telling any golf writer that wanted to know anything the entire story. It, it was just the most ridiculous thing that played out in in, uh, in social media. And, How did I, mean, I miss that? I, I, know, was, I, I, was I asleep? I, maybe. I don't know. I admittedly, though, Trevor, not to admit, I missed it too. And I okay. actually only right. heard about this a few months after the fact. And it just kind of came back up again when um, he obviously was playing well enough to, to race at the top of the uh, – or to rise to the top of the European points list. Can we but, can we call him? Can we get him on right now? Can I we? I think we could try. I don't know <laughs> if he's accepting my phone call. Or no, we, we want the we want the wife. We don't. We want, want the we want the girlfriend. Absolutely. Yes, the girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. So, no, yeah. I want the I want the love child. Is what I right. really want. If yeah. we're going to go with this, um, I have some questions I could ask. You know, absolutely, <laughs> but um, you know, I guess he kind of got some flack from some of his peers on the tour for that, and so. On the other side, and now we're just kind of going down a horrible rabbit hole, so stick with me. <laughs> On the other oh. side, we've got Dustin Johnson and Jimmy Walker, and you know that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so how do these guys get along at the end of the day on either side? Uh, they love their country? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Patriotism. Like, like they, don't, they don't necessarily have to spend a lot of time with each other. I guess they're crammed in a room playing ping pong every night or whatever it is that they do in their downtime. But uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Just don't put them on the same team, I guess. Right? <laughs> don't don't let them play well uh, yeah. together. But, yeah, I mean, really, though, like they talk a lot about, um, you know, Patrick Reed, when he went over to the Olympics, uh, over to Rio, uh, it was the four guys. It was him, Bubba, Matt, um, and I'm forgetting the fourth guy. Uh, Fowler. Fowler, thank you. And uh, – Apparently, Patrick Reed was just kind of in his own little world, and the other three kind of hung out. I, I can see that. I mean, everything I've ever read about Patrick Reed, he's he's kind of a weird dude. I, in I think it was Shane Ryan's book where he was saying that uh, he had his parents tossed from a tournament at one point, um, you know, early on in his career. So, you know, nothing surprises me about that guy. But I will say I am looking forward to seeing him play in the Ryder Cup on U.S. soil. He did a good enough job getting the crowd um, over in Europe fired up last time. So I can't wait to see what he's going to do uh, in a few weeks. Yeah, it, it's going to be crazy. He might just come out in a bald eagle suit, or I don't know what's going to happen. But apparently he's got something in store for everybody. As I can't wait. What I've been here. I can't wait either. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the whole premise of – and the, the reason I went down that rabbit hole was because you know these guys, they have to – at least put up with one another for three days or at least one week if you want to extend it out throughout the week. And captains have to take this into account. And so on one side, you've got Davis Love the third, who said that he's going to use statistics a little bit more uh, in choosing who he wants on a team, which I kind of think is bullshit the way that it ended up. And then on the other side, you've got Darren Clark, who is – gone on record to say that he's basically going to put together the guys he thinks are going to play the best together. Um, and they have a kind of a different qualifying system over at the Euro side anyway. But how much do you think, and we may have touched on this already, but how much do you think that goes through the minds of a captain now that he's got his teams and he's trying to put that pairings uh, roster together? Yeah, I mean, I certainly respect the statistics aspect of it. Uh, I understand it and but from what I've heard, the statistics guy feeding him those statistics has been Tiger, a guy that really 
I, I've heard some rumors that like he's the one that's pumping all these statistics out. He's really into this for some reason. Um, but that's a guy that like a lot of people may or may not get along with. You know what I mean? So, right. right. Um, but I think there is a certain. I, I, I'm kind of with you though that it's a lot of statistics stuff is bullshit because, as we've said a couple of times, anything can happen. So I think it's also important to have a guy that you can. Um, get along with you guys know what you're what the other guy is thinking where we can you know we're going back and forth we're hitting alternate shots for a good portion of the Ryder Cup so you want a guy that you get along with I mean not a guy that's going to say F you for hitting a bad shot or kind of give you a look you know and then and then the it's in your head for the rest of the match so uh I mean you you can look back to Azinger in uh 2008 when he had the pod system you know he put guys together and um that worked so i i I don't know at the end of the day i think it's uh, if i had to choose statistics versus um you know getting along with your partner and that kind of thing i'm gonna lean on the side of being friends with your partner i yeah you know i differ a little bit i i see that there's a place for statistics if they're used correctly and I had a conversation, of, I forget with who, but it was about the European side specifically. And I know a lot of people kind of hang their hats on strokes gain, you know, Mark Brody's brainchild. Um, if, they, if, if a captain wants to use strokes gain, for example, to kind of pair people together, if you got a guy like Rory, and this is an example I've referred to a few times, he's, he's the, the leader in strokes gained off the tee. He had something ridiculous like 1.19 off the tee, which is astronomical. But then every other part of his game, literally from approach shot to holding a putt, was pretty much abysmal. <laughs> like it wasn't wasn't good at all uh, from a strokes gain statistical standpoint. And so when you're pairing somebody like him up with somebody else, let's say Andy Sullivan for the sake of conversation, who might be a better approach player with strokes gained, that in my mind makes sense. You know, they both. Uh, yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. But, for sure. Uh, so your point about being able to get along with somebody, I think there's a lot to be said about that, especially in the fact when you've got, you know, the the Tiger and Phil example. I forget which year it was, but it was a, a few Ryder Cups ago where uh, the big, the, the bright idea was to put, at the time, the two best players in the world paired together, and they were terrible. Yeah, and, on paper, know, that idea makes a ton of sense, right? I mean, <laughs> we got the number one guy, we got the number two guy. Let's have them go out there and kick ass, but... They didn't really get along with each other, right? And what? Another another quick aside. What's the, you've heard of of Phil wanting to play with Tiger at Safeway? I heard that, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> just just add to the circus in town. I mean, it's, it's okay, cool. Yeah, right. let's do it. Uh, he's the biggest troll in the world, and I mean that Phil is just the biggest troll in the world, especially when it comes to Tiger. He's like, you know what? Yeah, you want to come back? I'm gonna play with you. Yeah, well, I mean, if you got your ass kicked by some guy for 15 years, you you might just embrace the troll <laughs> aspect of it, probably. There's going to be so much money thrown down. Do you think Tiger's a gambler? Probably. I, I don't know. I mean, he, he everything that came out about him in his personal life was a total shock to me. So, I, you know, back, you know, five, six years ago. So, yeah, he's probably a huge gambler. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. I, you know, you shocked me today. I didn't know Tiger might be the rumored stats guy. That's me. what I, I can't remember where I saw that, but uh, yeah, I read somewhere that he was, fe- he's feeding uh, Davis love stats. I mean, maybe when you're laid up, barely able to walk, you just analyze statistics. I don't know. 
I don't know either. He's just every time I hear anything about Tiger, I'm I'm always I'm never surprised anymore. I mean, he, well, that's that's the thing. You got to take everything you hear about Tiger with a grain of salt, especially like in the social media age. I mean, th- remember Gatorade Dave and all that <laughs> bullshit. I mean, yeah, like yeah. it's it's crazy how like a rumor becomes pretty accepted fact in this day and age i mean so who knows if that's true or not but uh yeah i definitely heard that somewhere but uh, who knows i don't know i also heard he was coming back for the masters and he was coming back for the u.s open and so you know whatever (laughs) it's a world on that we are not aware of the tiger woods land that just few people are that's the that's the mystery of tiger woods that's true all right so we've got a pretty young, inexperienced Euro team that's probably, although not on paper, probably in the minds of many people considered to be the favorite just because they're the ones with the cup and they've got the momentum. They've had the momentum for a while. You mentioned it earlier, Trevor, that, you know, the Americans, they're back on home soil. We got the most fiery person on the team and Patrick Reed. We've got on paper the best golfers uh, comparatively. Where How does this end up? I mean, we've, we've found – just through the years that paper doesn't always explain or predict accurately what happens at the Ryder cup. What's your gut telling you right now? Is it the Americans year? I just, I'm going to go with the due theory that they are due for one. Yeah. Um, and I, I think they pull it out, but it's going to be a squeaker. I mean, it, it just has to be right. I mean, (laughs) that's how these things normally go except for like 2006, that horrible Ryder cup. But, uh, Come on, give me a give me a Rory McIlroy versus Dustin Johnson on Sunday. Give me you know Sergio versus Patrick Reed, someone that's just going to totally piss Sergio off. Uh, <laughs> give me give me that stuff. I'm pumped for that. Um, you know, make make Tiger the fourth pick. Have him come out and play the final match. I don't know. I, <laughs> Let's mix it up somehow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's going to be exciting. It's going to be close uh, than it look closer than it looks on paper. I, I think the crowd is going to play into it. Um, it's going to be wild. The good thing about the Ryder Cup is there are thousands and thousands of people there, and you have, what, four matches going on? Right. So the crowd is going to be rowdy. The crowd is going to be pumped up. And uh, I think that ultimately uh, the crowd plays in and, and gets the U.S. over the hump, hopefully. You know, i um, as American as they get. So I'm just kind of, uh, I think I've talked myself into it. I also talked myself into them winning the 2014 Ryder cup. So, uh, uh you know, take it with a grain of salt. Well, Tom Watson just took a big shit on that. Well, so yeah, I, I want them to win. I really want them to win. And I like your, their due theory. Um, I just have this, this thing in the back of my mind that these, these, Rookie players for the Euros are just going to come out and play out of their minds, and it's going to be this the same story over and over again. But again, I'm a huge pessimist. So, well, like it wouldn't surprise me if like Matt Fitzpatrick comes out and just goes four and zero, or I mean, he probably won't play four matches, but you know, like yeah. something something like that. The the Euros have a guy. They always have a guy that mm-hmm. like just pisses you off the entire time. It, lately, it's been Poulter. Uh, it, you know he's going to piss me off anyway because he's going to be there and he's going to be uh in every camera shot right you know, down the stretch but like a, a guy like sullivan you're gonna be like who the hell is this guy 
what is he doing, you know, for the casual golf fan? And he's he's going to beat somebody he's not supposed to. And that worries me about the European team. Um, they are always confident um whether they kind of show it or not they you know they've they deserve it too i mean they've won a lot of the last rider cups so i don't know i i i'm gonna talk myself into it again that the u.s is gonna win so assuming that's true and i hope it is from from your mouth to the golf god's ears of the the american team the, the players on the american team who has the best rider cup Who's the guy that carries us through, and, and who's the goat? And I don't mean greatest of all time. I'm gonna go Patrick Reed. I'm gonna he's just he's gonna uh, twirl his clubs and shout obscenities or whatever it is he's gonna do. Uh, he's Not gonna allow his parents in. Well, yeah. That, by the way, that's such a weird story. I, I still can't get over that. Anyway, yeah. Uh, he's gonna carry us. I, I think. Uh, I think Spieth should play well. I think old Phil Mickelson might have uh, some left in the tank, too. I mean, you, you saw it at the British Open, and we've talked about it. He's a gambler. You know, he, he lives for these kinds of matches, you know, whether it's the Tuesday practice round or um, past right. I mean, he just he just loves this shit, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. like, I don't know how else to describe it. He loves to just play someone one-on-one and get in their head and make putts and miraculous chip shots I, I mean maybe it's the old guy who's who's gonna probably be a captain within the next few Ryder Cups hopefully uh I don't know I, I would say Patrick Reed won Phil two and then maybe a close third with Spieth and as far as uh who's probably gonna be the caboose in this train <laughs> who do you think's not gonna have the best Ryder Cup among the group I mean oh, I, I worry about Kuchar I worry about Zach Johnson yeah uh, I'm I'm kind of worried about Kepka. I mean, it, is is the stage going to be too big for him? I mean, he, you know, he hasn't necessarily been there a lot. You know, towards the ends of tournaments. I mean, he's he's won, but um, you know, I was at the at the PGA when he kind of just couldn't get anything together, and um, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe he surprised me. Maybe he's like the Patrick Reed of this Ryder Cup, where he just starts dropping bombs and pumping up the crowd and doing all that stuff. But I don't know. Uh, uh, it's easy to say Johnson and Kuchar because, right. you know, they're, they're just, they're not the fiery guys that a lot of people want. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's tough to say at this point. Right. For sure. And, you know, the name that just kind of continues to be glossed over. And I only thought of this guy because I have the Ryder cup team on my computer right now. I for I keep forgetting that Brent Snedeker's on this team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like he should be, right? <laughs> right. Like, where? Did, what did he do all year? Like, did he play golf this year? Like, it, I don't understand. Like, I just I don't understand how he made the team. But apparently, I don't know. I mean, he's just he's just there. It's like, oh, he's fine. You know, he's fine. He could be well, on the team. So that's like the. I mean, I, I think the U.S. will win, but when we're talking right now that kind of worries me a little bit that we've all we've come up with a few players that might not play well so <laughs> yeah uh i don't know yeah I, I keep forgetting about snedeker too uh he's won one match in his Ryder cup history yeah you know he's he's one and one in foursomes and oh one in singles so uh, i mean but, he, but he's a guy he's a guy that can putt he can get streaky with the putter uh you never know i guess and, and ricky's never won period 
and he's on. That's true. I, I just, I'm so in the tank for Ricky. I don't know why. I, I just, I always <laughs> want to believe he's better than he is. And, uh, you know, he's, he's played really well at times and he's played really shitty at times. So yeah. let's hope this is the week where he plays uh, really well. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, I like the guy. I want him to play well. His new swing is just amazing to watch when it's working. He's done a lot of great, great work with, uh, yeah, well, I mean, as, as a guy that's not quite as tall, kind of like Ricky is, I, I just, marvel at how far he can hit the golf ball i'm like i go to take some lessons i'm like make me hit it like ricky fowler you know we have yeah. <laughs> kind of the same height and he's just bombing it out there but uh yeah if he can if he can start rolling in putts i mean he i see it again i just want him to be great i, I don't know what it is <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully he will be um and trev uh, before i let you go though i i think we would be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't at least talk briefly about the return of tiger um safeway open in october yep we were told that he may also play in turkey uh and he's going to probably play at his hero challenge um what do we expect from him and what if anything does this mean for 2017 or is it way too early and or maybe do we do we even just stop caring at this point, just let the man play golf for once. We're never going to stop caring unless he like just dies on the golf course. There's always going to be a group of people that are like, "Well, he's you know he's 46 with this injury. Maybe he can come back at 48 and still compete." You know, like there's always going to be that group of people. Yeah. Um, it's encouraging that he waited a full year and then some to come back. I mean, every injury he's ever had, he's come back probably too soon, right? I mean. Yep. It, it, it's oh he's always rushed it back because he's, he's always he's he's maybe the one of the greatest competitors in sports i mean he always wants to kick everyone's ass he you still ask him to this day when he tees it up in a tournament what's your goal here and it's to win at 40 years old um i think it bodes well for 2017 i think he's gonna play some lower level events and obviously the the hero challenge is just kind of a, I don't know. He, he gets together with some good players and no one really cares. And if someone, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you feel differently about the hero challenge, but it's, it's a fun event to watch, but it is I don't fun. know. I don't yeah. know that anyone's really like putting their all into it. No, I don't think at all. I mean, so, so I mean like yeah. he's coming back to events like that. He's, he's getting, he's probably getting paid to play in Turkey. Right. So, right. <laughs> but there'll be a good field. Um, so, I'm encouraged that he has he probably realizes that this is the last shot, right? I mean, if he hurts himself again and he's looking at another year rehab, two year rehab, I mean, he's he's not going to win very more, many more tournaments, but we saw this year, I mean, like uh Stenson and Phil and um some of the older guys, they can still put it together, you know? So, I think he saw that and was like I'm going to wait until I'm 100% healthy. And uh, it sounds like he is, and um, it'll be great to see him back out there because, look, he's still the biggest draw in the game. I mean, there's there's not a bigger star in the game. So uh, I, I'm encouraged. I hope he does well. I hope uh, he doesn't hurt himself, most importantly, because I'm a Tiger fan. I, I love to see it when he's in contention. I mean, the, the Wyndham Championship last year was one of like the highest-rated tournaments of all year. Uh, the whole year. I mean, Amazing. the Wyndham Championship. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, no one gave a shit about it this year. Uh, so, right, right. Um, I, I hope, 
I hope he's 100% healthy. Uh, it sounds like he probably is. And we, we could do a whole podcast on Tiger because he's, he's going to have to change equipment and he's, you know, he's, yeah. he's going to be uh, 41 in December. And I mean, the, it, the list goes on and on, but he can always play well at Augusta. Um, he can always play well at Bay Hill for the time being. He can always play well at the uh, at the Memorial for the time being. So there are wins out there, and if he's healthy, I don't see why he can't get back up there and, and get a few more Ws. You know, it's funny because when we talk about Tiger now, and, and we have to really think about just don't hurt yourself. <laughs> just yeah, you know, right. Like, I mean, like it's, it's crazy. Maybe, maybe yeah. he's learned. Maybe he's – it always seems like in the past few years he's swinging 1,000 miles an hour. Right. He has like this obsession with being the longest player on tour still. And you got to be like, dude, you're not 25 anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, please stop. You can, you can put it in the middle of the fairway. At, at one point, you're the best iron player in the world. I'm sure you can hit a five iron instead of an eight iron. I mean, like just, it, I don't know, sitting on my couch, that's, those are the thoughts that I have, but, uh, Oh, I, I share them. I mean, and I would love for him. Doing, to, <laughs> I would love for him to come out and just, uh, just bunt driver off the tee. Like I don't care if he's if he hits it two eighty. I don't give a shit. I mean, just go out there and have a nice controlled swing. Don't go out there and try to, you know, break your back every time you swing like he typically does. But that's just not Tiger. And I think, yeah, you know, we're gonna true. get what we get. Where he's gonna go all out. I mean, he according to him at least, he's always said that he doesn't go come back or play in a tournament unless he thinks he can win the thing. So, yeah. you know, Tiger's going to Tiger. And so we just kind of <laughs> have to take what we get with him. But, uh, yeah, I hope uh, I hope he just at some point in his career, if, if it's not this year, then perhaps at the beginning of next year, just he has to play for longevity's sake at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, like 40 is not old as a professional golfer. I mean, oh. it's old. It's old in every other sport. I mean, you're you're about to retire in every other sport. But you could play golf until you're, you know, at a high, very high level until your mid forties. And look, Tiger's been the best athlete we've ever seen in golf. I mean, there's no reason to think he can't play for a, a little bit longer than his mid forties. I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to play at a high level for the next ten years or whatever, but there's no reason to think he can't still compete on the tour, even with these young guys out there. Look at Phil Mickelson. Look at Furyk. I mean, look at these guys that continue to win in their 40s. And... Yeah, do they do they strike you as athletic individuals? No. I mean, like like Furyk is skin and bones, and Phil's just always kind of. I mean, I'm, Phil's I'm got sure. like an autoimmune disease. I mean, he has to he has to eat well. He's, he's got arthritis at this point. I mean, like crippling right. arthritis, and he's still playing well. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I don't <laughs> there's know. always a chance. There's always a change. All right, man. Well, uh, I won't keep you much longer here. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners where they could find you on social and where they could find your stuff? Yeah, you can find me uh, at Trevor Reesk on uh, Twitter. That's R-E-A-S-K-E. And uh, you can find everything else from there. But I, I will put out a plea. If you know, I, I was wondering if we would talk about the Nike uh, golf shutdown. But uh, if anybody oh. has any Nike Platinum golf balls, just message me and send them my way because I was always a fan of those golf balls and I can't find them anymore. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing all I can here to, to hoard them in my basement. Listeners, <laughs> please help out Trevor. <laughs> you can't find these golf balls anymore. And yeah, man, I mean, that's a that's a whole podcast in and of itself. Know. And you know, we, we can get you back on and talk about that because I got some opinions <laughs> as it comes to, to Nike golf. But anyway... Uh, thanks for hopping on, Trevor. We'll do it again. Yeah, man. Thank you.
All right, listeners, and we'll be back again next week with another guest. We'll talk a little bit more Ryder Cup and anything that's timely. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Golf Unfiltered. Send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. Until then, this is Adam signing off. 